We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 23rd, 2017. Today is pretty much going to be pretty much a dedicated study regarding the Russian and Chinese troops and assets that are on U.S. soil, uh, their collusion with our government, but that's a lot harder to prove, but we know there has to be that, and all of the evidence of underground bases, not all, but quite a bit, more recent evidence, more uh, updated evidence regarding the previous studies that I've done on this subject, and I've done many. And so let's go ahead and just dive right in. The first report is entitled, The Russians and the Chinese Have Massive Assets in the U.S. and Are Awaiting Orders. <clears throat> uh, this, is, this came out recently on July uh, 13th. Uh, from Dave Hodges, he said, It's distressing to report that contrary to the mainstream position that Russia lost the Cold War, the Russians are indeed very healthy and ready to wage war against the United States as Americans are living on borrowed time as we have failed to prepare for joint Russian and Chinese attack upon our country. Uh, again, when we invite them over, when we let them populate areas, when we <laughs> give them underground bases when we let them bring their troops over and let them get training here and let them blend into the environment and assess the situation and all of these things you cannot say that we've failed to prepare for a joint russian chinese attack on our country how can you say we're we're facilitating it we're 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 making that exact thing happen we're opening the door for it. We're in collusion with them. We haven't failed to prepare. <laughs> you know, it's the exact opposite of they've done it on purpose, by design, and now they're just waiting to pull the trigger. Now, again, I've done, I don't know how many studies on this subject, <clears throat> and this is just further, further proof of everything else that I've covered in previous studies. The United States has not been attacked on the home front for, for 200 years, dating back to the War of 1812. There exists a plethora of confirming information to the, support the fact that America's days are numbered and that we're totally unprepared for what is coming. Well, I wouldn't say we're totally unprepared. I mean, there's a lot of people that are armed to the teeth. There's a lot of preppers out there that are um, stocked up and, you know, have been preparing for this eventuality for a long time. We're the most well-armed nation that the world has ever known by far, and a lot of that is in large part due to the Obama regime his his eight years in office he did more for gun sales than any other president could have possibly ever done um so on in that regard i think a lot of people are um prepared and preparing i have heard also though that since trump got into office a lot of people have kind of went back to sleep and, and a lot of people have stopped prepping and a lot of people think that it's it's going to be just great and wonderful so there's that dynamic uh, it, it, it play it well and then you know then you have what is the Lord's will because if it's the Lord's will that America fall due to you know the however many whatever that death toll is up to 70 million aborted babies or um, you know the sodomite movement the fact that we're the pornography capital you know more pornographies turned churned out in America than any other spot on earth the child sex trafficking, the pedophile networks that exist, 
um, from all the way to the highest echelons of Washington, D.C., down to your lower-level pedophiles. You know, you could go on and on and on. The rampant uh, drug abuse and pharmacia that goes rampant in this country, thanks in large part to the medical cartels and their monopolies and the fact that so many people are addicted to opiate painkillers now because of the... Um, uh, because so many doctors have overprescribed them and prescribed them in, in, in situations where they're totally not warranted. You know, people get hooked on Oxy, which was originally intended to be an end-stage cancer drug, and then they can't get it anymore, and then they go to heroin because it's a, you know, four times better high and it's, you know, way cheaper. You've got that dynamic going. A lot of people are hooked on meth. A lot of people are hooked on all kind of pharmacia, painkillers, uh, psychotropic meds, things of this nature. Um, there's a lot of different sin issues that are defiling the land. You know, and the Bible talks about like when the Sodomites in, in the Old Testament, you know, when the Sodomites were prevalent and they were doing what they do, men with men, okay, let's say women with women, that defiled the land, it said. It literally brought a curse on the land when, when they were um, participating in child sacrifice. Okay, what's that? Well, abortion, essentially. That defiled the land. Then you actually have satanic covens that are doing that as well, then these high-level pedophiles, and they're making these, these um, you know, it's well-known. They bring these little kids in, that have been, you know, kidnapped or bred for this purpose or, or however they're getting them, and they're bringing them in, and not only are they making satanic pornographic snuff films with them, but then they're killing them in the end, and then they're harvesting their organs. All of this stuff grieves God that I can't even imagine how God must feel about all of this. I can't even possibly comprehend. Because he knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything that's going on. We don't really... In our own little worlds, we really don't know a fraction, probably, of the true evil that's going on. And so, a lot of this is defiling the land uh, that, that I'm mentioning here. All that innocent blood from the abortion clinics. And then you have the R84, morning after pill. That's an abortion pill. You have birth control, which has as a component an abortifactic component. Like the pill and the patch. And there's like one other one. They don't uh, one of the ways they work is through abortion, meaning they do not allow a um, the uterus to implant a fertilized egg properly. So in other words, conception occurs, sperm joins with egg, comes down the fallopian tube, but it cannot implant because the, uter the uterus itself, the, the, the walls of the uterus are not uh, hospitable for a fertilized egg. So the baby dies. That's an abortion. That's still an abortion. So that's, that's, I mean, do you know how many more abortions that would be added to the death total on all the abortions that are taking place in America? Now, worldwide, you're looking at 100,000 abortions worldwide every day, according to their statistics. Um, we think in terms of, oh, well, there's, you know, 4,000 on our soil every day. Yeah, but worldwide, it's like 100,000. That's not including RU84. That's not including all the, all the babies that are being aborted through the pill and the patch and these other hormonal-based birth controls. So we have no idea how truly defiled the land actually really is. 
Okay, so we have all those dynamics going on, which you have to kind of view this subject through that lens. Like, well, <laughs> you reap what you sow as a country, and, um, you know, there's a lot of judgment coming America's way, one way or another, most likely. Uh, so, there's just a lot of lenses you have to view the subject through. So, going back to the report, it says, uh, America's days are numbered, and there exists a credible evidence that the American people have also been betrayed from within by key leaders, namely former President Barack Hussein Obama. Now, he was definitely one of the main ones, but definitely not the only one. Two days ago, the MSM was silent about the announcement of the 25,000 Chinese spies on American soil. Yet the independent media was abuzz with this disturbing news. Chinese announced 25,000 spies on U.S. soil poised to destroy America. Um, not only are Russians here, but, are, but so are also the Chinese. The following information went viral, and it serves to demonstrate how much the United States, how much trouble and peril the United States finds itself in. Um, <clears throat> this is from SHTF, that, this report, and it says, Michelle Van Cleef, former National Counterintelligence Executive during the George W. Bush administration, said China has been preparing for a major escalation of espionage and influence operations against the United States. Remember their cyber theft of some 22 million personnel files from the Office of Personnel Management, she said. The Chinese have now have, now have a detailed roster of most, if not all, American contractors and government employees who have access to classified information, plus a roster of their friends, colleagues, or co-workers who may be useful conduits or potential assets in their own right. Continuing, it said Van Cleef said the OPM data will uh, be used by Chinese intelligence to coerce blackmail or recruit new sources for an already extensive espionage infrastructure. Cyber and human espionage go hand in hand, and Chinese excel at both, she said. We urgently need a better understanding of what they are doing and how they are doing it, and a strategy to stop them, because China's intelligence operations in the U.S. are poised to get much worse. Again, I've covered this extensively in previous teachings, how China owns so many of our assets they own almost all of these solar farms we have been sold out to the chinese in so many ways i mean all of the slave labor goods coming from china that come through walmart and you know it's it's just it boggles the mind and all of this has been done on purpose because they want to set america up for destruction whatever whoever you want to call them the globalists the illuminati the elite the high people in political office because they want to try to totally destroy the middle class of America because the middle class of America is, is really the last domino that needs to fall in order for the New World Order to be implemented on a global basis. And all of this is being done by design. And then they can say, oh, look at what China did when they're the ones that let them in, when they're the ones that let all of this happen to begin with. So you have to look at it through that lens as well because <clears throat> we've our, our wic the wicked factions of our government, like the clintons like the bushes like the obamas have done everything they can do to let this beast regarding china this beast system come into our our government and buy up our ass and then they essentially own us on so many different levels as it is so uh <clears throat> let's see here 
A former FBI counterspy, I.C. Smith, said China is no friend of ours and is never going to be a responsible member of the world community as long as the Chinese Communist Party is in power. In the following video from my friend Sherry Wilcox, she documents the Russian presence in Tennessee. And we're going to be looking at this. I had some really good information that I've been sitting on for months that this is going to segue in perfectly. I knew when I saw this report, I was thinking about what, what was I going to do a few days ago. And then it was like the Lord brought into my remembrance. I've got this big section that I haven't covered in all of my locked and loaded material that I need to cover. Uh, that I need to meld with this. And this is just going to segue perfect into the next parts we're covering after we get done with this first report here. So uh, she documents over, well, he says, I have over 40 reports of Russian troop activity in the United States. This is just one example. And again, I've covered tons of them. So let's go ahead and, and roll this report from Sherry Wilcox. Let's see here. So... Yesterday, I went... Sorry, the audio is not the greatest. There's a lot of, like, I, you know, it's not the greatest. But you should be able to hear it, though, and that's the important part. Now, if you want to also, you can even pause it at this point and go and listen to it for yourself. Um, because she gives you pictures and a lot of other things in the actual report. To, uh, I drove to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Townsend. All part of uh, North uh, Tennessee and right there at the mountains. So she drove to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Four Towns, and that's, I want you to understand. And again, I've done whole reports, if you can, Gatlinburg, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I took Taylor there. We, I've, I've given you all those reports before where, I mean, the area is just literally flooded with, it. basically, they come a much very much across like either Russian, Ukrainian, Eastern Bloc workers there. And they are everywhere. And again, you have the underground bases right near there. You have that whole area being a UN biosphere. You go into Gatlinburg, you go up in that space, that little, it's not a space needle, but it's a little, um, it's the highest thing you'll see in, in the town of Gatlinburg. You can go up there, pay like five bucks or something, or two or three dollars, and it'll take you up an elevator. You go to the top, you look, there's a plaque up there, and it basically explains you how the whole area is a, a United Nations biosphere. And how there's whole sections of the of the um, the national park there that you cannot get into. There's the, all the locals have um, have seen uh, like black helicopters, Russian troops, tr Russian troop movement on in that park. I mean, it's it's not conjecture. It's not like this has been reported over and over again. And this is just further confirmation of that. To find out if Russians are really around there and um, just get any information I could. Well, I found out more information than I expected. <laughs> First of all, I talked to someone regarding the Russians. Uh, the Russians are there, but they're not there in the way that uh, DHS, that we were thinking of them. Now, there might be some, but I didn't find that um, yesterday. What I did find is, and I talked to local uh, that were born, raised there, and one woman had worked at Dollywood for 27 years. Now, Dollywood... Is you got to pay attention to this about Dollywood, because I didn't even know this. This is so disgusting that we have wonderful, good old Americans like Dolly Parton and whoever she's yoked up with doing this 
this is this should be punishable by this is treason and treason is is uh, especially when it comes to this type of, of thing is punishable by death and in these people should be strung up i mean they are pure evil that could do this to our country and have no conscience about it and profiteer off it to boot is owned by this company the hershen family entertainment and you can see they have a uh, the Stone Mountain Park, uh, all the, the uh, some aquariums, here's Dollywood uh, Stampede, Dolly Parton Stampede, Dollywood Vacations, <coughs> all these different lodgings. She's on their website right now going through all of their, all of these uh, attractions that they own. Uh, their managed parks. They do this, the cable car uh, sightseeing tours in uh, San Fran. Their theme parks, Dollywood, Silver Dollar City, Wild Adventures, and then their water parks. Well, what I found out about the Russians and about um, what they do is that they actually bring in, by the plane loads, Russians or East Europeans for working at their theme park. What they do is they charge, they bring them in, they charge the people their airfare, their lodging, and then at the end of the week, they those people, after working long, hard weeks at their amusement parks, they maybe get $150 because of all the other charges that, that the Dollywood and uh, this company is charging them. So they're basically getting cheap slave labor. And yes, there's a lot of Russians and the hotels and the restaurants around the Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area have started coming together and they're all doing it. And So this is why, like what I reported on, the Taylor and I saw firsthand in that whole, you know, um, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area, everywhere you went, it was, I mean, every... Every person that, that waited on you was like Eastern Bloc or Russian. Is the, and, and they were very cold. And I can understand why they would be um, maybe, maybe angry because they're basically being conscripted for slave labor. Now, at the same time, though, and I don't think she gets into this, I do also believe that a certain percentage of them, and it may be a very high percentage of them, when they do get breaks, because they're obviously not flying back to Russia back and forth, they're going in and they're getting training in these underground bases and that, that a, a lot of this is also, they're bringing them over so that they can acclimate to our society, so that they can blend in more, so that they can assess the enemy. And, and that's something I don't think she really gets into a lot, but I think that's another component that we're not really being um, told here. So what that means is this country is not just shipping our jobs overseas, and doing our manufacturing overseas, they're also shipping in cheap slave labor to jobs that we, the U.S. citizens, should be getting. Look at our high unemployment because there's no jobs out there. Well, our jobs are actually being shipped in by these companies. They don't have to pay unemployment. They don't have to pay insurance. They don't have to pay anything. It's basically slave labor on U.S. soil in the U.S. So and so on top of that, then you've got all of the jobs that have been outsourced overseas, 
I mean, so much of the time, you know, you go to technical support for anything, and it's you're talking to some guy from India or whatever. Nothing against in, in people from India, but it's like you know, just they've done this on so many different levels, where they've outsourced our jobs, they've they've shipped so much of the um, large corporations and stuff overseas, where they can participate. You know, maybe they have lower tax brackets, maybe they have slave labor over there, whatever the reason. We've done a ton of that in America. And all of this, again, is designed to destroy the middle class of America and create an ultra-slave class that is totally dependent upon the government for every single thing and then create this ultra-elite rich class. Then you also let all the illegal aliens pour over the border, basically unchecked for many years. And I know that's down dramatically, but again, you've, you've still got a ton of them that are already, you know, they come over here with, get all of these benefits, and this is including the Muslims, We've documented a lot, a lot of that in recent studies, this unbelievable, you know, all of these benefits that the Muslims are getting, that the, the other illegal aliens are getting from these other, you know, Mexico and the Central American countries. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's benefits that our people would never, ever get. And again, it's a designed to dilute the population and to create these two ultra- distinct classes of people at one end of the spectrum the ultra elite and then the ultra poor that are totally dependent upon big brother that's where the russians are coming from it was not what i expected to find out but that's what i did find out now she she did not want to be on camera with this the second uh that person that i came across to and this is the most uh, astounding, uh, shocking information is as during my travels yesterday, I saw a uh, military vehicle on a truck. The truck was stopped. So I stopped and I, uh, it was off the highway, and I um, approached the driver to see if he would talk to me. And he did. Um, he declined to be on video, but what we discussed was amazing. First of all, I asked him about Russians and truck drivers regarding the DHS vehicles. He said, yes, there's a lot of Russian truck drivers, but they have to be American citizens as far as he knows, because, you know, they're, they're doing, a, he said, I think, a class one something of all this criteria to be able to ship military or government vehicles. So he said he knew quite a few of them. There were a lot of them, but... Um, and, a, and a Russian truck driver that is beholden to the motherland or whatever they call it, they're, they're going to keep their mouth shut. Obviously, they're never going to be a whistleblower. Obviously, they're never going to have to worry about them coming forward and talking about covert you know military transport of, of these things because they're they're on the side of the russians and and so it's the perfect if they have a fleet of russian truck drivers it would be the perfect ones to transport a lot of this this military this military equipment across the country um he didn't see anything uh, wrong or, or or bad about it um he then, I asked him if he, if that, he only ships military vehicles. That is his trucking uh, business. He goes all around the U.S., all the way to Alaska. Let me go to Alaska first. Alaska, he said he was there last year, or a few years ago, 
and that outside of Fairbanks, Alaska was about 450 to 500 miles outside of it to the northwest was this huge camp that has no identifying signs. It's absolutely humongous. Um, he doesn't know what it's for, but it is there. And we started getting into the FEMA camp discussion um, and what he has seen. So it's obviously some type of storage staging area for when the Russian troops and Chinese and other nationalities are activated. Um, you know, <clears throat> if they come down from Fairbanks, which is, as I, she said, it was north, northwest or whatever, there's not a whole lot above Fairbanks as far as population goes. You've got Anchorage at the lower part of Alaska, and then you have Fairbanks above that, and then you don't have a lot 400 miles above that. I mean, you're getting into, you know, the Arctic Circle. You're getting into um, a whole other different uh, climate there. I mean, it's already cold, but it's really going to be cold up there. So it would be a perfect staging area where if they were going to come down, um, they wouldn't have to worry about a whole lot behind them as far as any kind of American populace. So it's probably staging area for, for military equipment. And if you have a Russian truck driver transporting stuff up there, I mean, unless he talks to somebody like this, he's, he's probably not going to, you know, say a whole lot about any of this. He probably wasn't supposed to even say that. So let's look at part two of what she's saying here. You know, we've, we've talked, there's been a lot written about FEMA camps. I wrote about FEMA camps in 2011 um, because of um, the intern um, army asking for the civilian uh, specialty of, of securing, uh, that was a business insider, I'm sorry, uh, prison guard specialty securing uh, civilian detainees, all right? Um, and then an intern resettlement specialist, and that the army... These are jobs she's going over that the army is advertised for, internment resettlement specialists. They're advertising people that they want to bring in ahead of time that would, would do this, basically in FEMA camps, against our own population. ...has still um, asked for people that could be that. All right, so, so there are, and we've heard a lot of talk about FEMA camps for how long now? Um, so I asked him, you know, he, he mentioned the Alaskan um, camp. As we start getting into that conversation, I said, have you ever seen a FEMA camp, personally? And he said he has seen a lot of them, and they are all over the place. He told me in bases, they've been setting up uh, Katrina, you know those Katrina trailers that they had uh, after in New Orleans. Um, there are setups with those Katrina trailers all around. And he'll ask about them, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, we, we really haven't had, don't know where to put them, so we're just setting them up here. Um, and he said, yes, there's absolutely uh, FEMA camps. And he actually called them concentration camps. And he said, yes, there are concentration camps, and they're all over. He did say... Um, I believe there's at least eight, 900 from, from the statistics I've seen that we've reported on over the years. 
he's seen it at Fort Bliss, he's seen it at uh, Fort Campbell, and he's seen them pretty much especially by uh, all the big cities. Um, he also told And then you also have, like in my, my area, where in downtown, uh, the downtown area that I live near, uh, you have like this one particular um, business, yeah, I think it's like Lee Electric or something, and they've literally, the whole back half of this property, and I mean it's probably, the total property is probably about, oh man, 15, 20 acres but it's it's right in the middle of the downtown area right next to the railroad tracks and when they built this okay it's 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 went up since i've been here and i've reported on this all of the bob wire of the fencing is all facing inward now you only build bob wire facing inward when you have something you're trying to keep in like a prison most of the time, if you have a business, you're going to build the barbed wire facing outward. That would keep crooks from, from breaking onto your premises and, and, and robbing you, okay? This particular, and I mean, I'm talking, it is a large area. But most of it, most of the area out back of, of this particular business is all open. I would say only one-third of it is actually occupied by the business itself. The other two-thirds is this big open field in the back that you know you can drive into they can cordon that whole thing off and all the bob wires facing in run the whole thing and i'm like what is the possible and then it's funny the built the the business right next to it which i think there's a couple different businesses one's like a salvage yard another they also have the bob wire facing in and it's like you have to ask yourself the question what are you trying to keep in you know you're not a prison you're a business and it's right next to the railroad tracks that is active. I mean, the railroad comes through there all the time. Two, three, four times a day. So, you know, this is going on in a lot of different places. And I believe these are not permanent places. These are not permanent uh, uh, camps. But what they are is they're an area that the local, um, whoever is going to be activated, whether it's FEMA Homeland Security working with the local cops. I don't know, okay? But they they have these areas to bring the local populace who are on the red and the blue list, okay, in, keep them there, stage them there, and when the train pulls up, they've got the trains all ready, they, they herd you right onto the trains, and then they take you to the real FEMA camp. Because these areas are, are, not, are not set up to be any kind of long-term... Uh, FEMA, FEMA prison camp, and they wouldn't want to do that in the middle of a local township because it would be much too uh, visible. They, I mean, they wouldn't want to set up a FEMA camp like that. Now, they may do this under the guise of, oh, we had a pandemic and we have to quarantine these people, when in reality they were just on the red and blue list and the quarantine was the excuse that they used. So be aware, and again, that's what started this whole ministry is, is what I did on the avian flu, about using some type of pandemic scenario in order to under the cover under that guise in order to activate the red and the blue lists which are the people that you know are going to be considered um undesirables and and have to be eliminated in in people that would be against the new world order it's been particularly people on the red list those would be the the higher the highest level ones so 
I'm just saying, this seems to all be fitting together like a big, gigantic, satanic puzzle piece. And this is what they are planning, it appears. Now, I'm not saying God can't intervene as well, okay? But I'm telling you, it looks as though this is what they are planning. And this has been a multi-decade uh, generational plan. I mean, if you look at what Albert Pike predicted back in, you know, the 18 late 1800s about the three world wars and about you know this illuminati you know they talk about in terms of hundred year plans and things of this nature this isn't just something that they just thought of last week this has been something that they have been jockeying themselves into position for for in reality pretty much hundreds of years so this is where we find ourselves which was really interesting up in massachusetts when he was there the military, some military personnel were bragging about their weather modification equipment they had there. And I, I asked him, are you talking about HARP? And he said, yes. That up in Massachusetts, they also have... So she asked him about HARP, okay, the high altitude, or I don't know, aurora research, whatever that, that is. But it's where they're, they're pumping mega wattage up into the ionosphere, heating the ionosphere, and it's it's basically... Um, modifying the weather and they've they've admitted in in the military papers they've had all types of weather modification gear since you know probably the 1960s or even before that this isn't something that they you know chemtrails are part of it harps part of it scalier weaponry is most likely part of it and and so they've had all kind of different ways to to modify the weather to create hurricanes to dissipate hurricane to create earthquakes to dissipate i mean all of these things they've had this these technologies for decades and decades at this point a whole setup a heart setup for what weather modification so that then you know you have to question did they bring you know hurricane sandy or superstorm sandy or whatever they want to call it now um into the new york area and so on um so he also told me i asked him have you ever shipped drones or any kind of energy weapons? He said he will not ship those. His buddy said ship them, but he will not ship them. And he said, he's told his buddies, look, do you realize you're shipping these and they can be used against you? And I said, well, you know, I saw, a, I told him I saw a shipment of what I found out were electronic magnetic motors. Could they possibly have been energy weapons? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that there have been shipments that have been going to a lot of different places and being placed um, around the U.S., uh, various energy weapons. And he pointed over to a building and he said, you know, you see that building over there? There's an energy weapon that can take off the roof of that building and he said it's actually if it was at full full power he said um it's it's supposed to be non-lethal weapons but and to be used against people uh, to send the uh, electromagnetic waves but it actually if it was turned up high enough it could kill the people um if it was yeah people it was being used up against used now we've been reporting on we've uh, somewhat on what the cell phone towers themselves if they actually turn up the power they're only 
they're only using a fraction of the power that they're actually pumping into the cell phone towers. And then if they ever wanted to wipe out a large swath of the population, all they would have to do is turn those things on full blast. And within a certain uh, perimeter, uh, a certain circular area of the cell phone towers, they could just wipe out the whole population. And these cell phone towers are everywhere. If you do, if you do um, searches for them online. Okay. Now, again, I'm not saying that God can't protect you. Okay, I'm always about, you know, let's build up our faith, let's rely on the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, like the Bible talks about in Psalm 64, and that God can protect you no matter how bleak it may look, I'm always, I'm always wanting to always remind my listeners of that, but I'm telling you, this is what their plans are, and they have a lot of different ways that, you know, and now with this 5G thing, which is just a whole other monstrosity of an, of an animal. Um, people that were electromagnetic sensitive in the past, if this is allowed to be implemented, I mean, you're going to have people just flat out dropping dead. You're going to have people that before were electromagnetic sensitive that are going to be basically in the hospital and dead because they're not going to be able to deal with that level of, of um, EMFs electromagnetic frequencies because it's going to be at a whole other level now with the 5g so i really believe it's something that the body of christ needs to pray against there's so many things that need to be prayed against you know all the child sacrifice going on all of the satanic and witchcraft coven activity the d-wave quantum computers cern any kind of particle collider that could be literally creating this this um dark matter which they which they basically say they are creating with the particle collisions and dark matter literally allows evil entities to come into our plane of existence and and it's so evil and 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 bad that it's just like a magnet for devils okay um, you and you've got harp you've got scalar weapon where you've got this, the the cell phone towers and then you got the new 5g cell phone tower there's so many different things to pray against um but you know it's just the day and time we're, we're living in so it's it's things that um you know where the bible talks about being destroyed for lack of knowledge and not being ignorant of satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us uh, this is what i'm trying to empower my listeners to know about so that they can pray so that they can educate others about it and and um hopefully then lead people to the lord because all of this does line up with the bible all of it does and um Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13. And we're seeing that in this particular time period. That, that evil men and seducers are waxing, meaning growing worse and worse. And it's a time of great deception. Yes. Um, he said, now I'm not giving you any kind of real information because I don't want him to lose his job. But he did say something very interesting to me. Uh, we talked for about an hour or a little more than that. Um... He said that in six months' time, the well, the military has told them in about six months' time, um, they're not going to need, they're not going to be doing any more shipments. Um, that they were pretty much, because of the sequester, they were winding down and they weren't going to have any more shipments uh, in six months. Now, I'm going to go ahead and finish this on the second um uh video because i have uh used up the 15 minutes of what i'm allowed so 
Okay, now I don't know what she meant there because this is the second video. Um, it is about a total of 15 minutes, the two videos put together. I started us on about the four-minute mark in the first video. So this one's about eight minutes, and we've got about three more minutes to go. Um, so the um, military is saying they're not going to pretty much, he said, I'm pretty much going to be out of a job in six months because the military is saying um, uh, there's really not going to be any more shipping. Uh, in about six months time um, so I find that interesting considering you know the military is going to stop shipping um, now I don't know whether because at that point they're determining from their logistics that they will have all of these underground bases fully supplied they will have all of the staging areas fully equipped at that point and then they're going to pull the trigger I'm not big on setting dates in, in, in those types of timelines because we've seen this get pushed forward and forward and forward over and over and over again. So, you know, six months from the, you know, this video we'd be looking at, well, okay, this actually came out in March. So, you know, you do the math there or whatever. I'm not real big on timelines like that, but it is something to, to kind of think about. And there is going to come a point where, you know, I think they've got the majority of their equipment in place and they're going to be locked and loaded, ready to go. And then I, I don't know if that's when they're going to green light all of this, but it would seem a likely scenario. And so does that mean they'll have everything placed around the U.S. of what they need or they have to have everything placed by the six month time? Um, anyway, I think it was a great day yesterday. Um, regarding the Bluegrass Army Depot, which is what I highlighted on my other video um, with the DHS, this Bluegrass, I asked him if that could possibly be a FEMA camp. Now, he's gone there and he's dropped off equipment and so on. He said no. It really is a, um, a, a, a depot. A, what, how did he say it? A, um, I have my different notes here. Um, equipment... Uh, transportation hub. That's what he called it, a transportation hub. Um, also, the DHS vehicles, he said, is being made, a part of them is being made at a VAE plant in Texas. Now, I looked up, I couldn't find a VAE plant. I found something with those names or uh, letters in China being built. So, um, he said one part's there and then it goes somewhere else for um, the finishing up. Um, and that the vehicles, by the way, the, the military vehicles are totally and completely tracked in almost every way you can imagine. That if you disconnect uh, the battery, they know about it. If you, if you turn the key, it's known about. So uh, I had a great day. I found out information, and I found out, yeah, FEMA camps are real. It's first-hand viewing of them and first-hand information uh, about shipping. And if I get any more, I will let you know. This has been Sherry. Okay, so... Um, this is Sherry, real fast note. Uh, these are pictures I took yesterday. This is in Sevierville. I... Okay. Sevierville, Tennessee, which is basically that Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg-type area. This is... Uh, Armored Cavalry Regiment. This is the 278th Armored Cavalry Regiment. It's outside of some military installation. Battery A. 
National Guard and what was there? Not that you know these might be around, but uh, I caught these pictures. I mean, of there's tanks there. There's you know all kind of heavily armored uh, a Hummer type of vehicles. I mean, why are you gonna have tanks there? These uh, tanks up in the uh, fenced area, and uh, I just thought that was interesting that there were these big tanks there. So, I just wanted to uh, point that out. Alright, thank you. Okay, so that's all we have for that. I, I thought that was noteworthy to add this in. Now, let's go back to the main report. And <clears throat> what is happening now has been foretold to us uh, by people like Steve Quayle. Look at what the Russian defectors told us several years ago was going to happen. And this report is entitled, Two Soviet Union Defectors Warn America What's Coming. Stanislav Lunev and Long-Term Russian Prep long-term Russian preparations for war against the U.S. Former Russian Colonel Stanislav Lunev has the distinction of being the highest-ranking military, military official to defect to the United States after doing so in 1992, after Boris Yeltsin came to power. Lunev's information was considered to be so volatile but yet accurate that the CIA, the DIA, the FBI, the NSA placed Lunev where he remains to this day in the FBI witnesses' protection program. Lunev, Lunev served as a top GRU, which means main intelligence agency, agent in America in the 1980s and the 1990s. While in the United States, Lunev's mission involved gathering intelligence information about America's defenses and recommending Russian war strategies against America. Some of, some of Lunev's information came to light when, in 1997, he published the best-selling book, Through the Eyes of the Enemy. And there's a link to it here in, my, in the PDF. In the, in the book, Lunev reports that Russian, Russia's military, despite losing the Cold War, continues in its war preparations, which are designed to conquer the United States by stealth. Since his defection, Lunev has served as a special agent to the FBI, the CIA, as well as many large corporations. Lunev is best known for revealing the missing 100-plus missing suitcase nuclear bombs and the threat that they would pose to the United States as they would be smuggled across the Mexican border. On a related note, Anatoly Golitsyn, a high-ranking KGB defector who fled to the United States in order to warn Americans about the secret Russian plan to attack the United States, Golitsyn is generally considered to be among the first and most revealing on the subject of the Russian plans to attack America. Having authored the, I guess it's the book, The Perestroika Deception, in which Golitsyn wrote about the deceitful intent behind the Leninist strategy which the present-day com communists are actively pursuing as they fake American-style democratization in Russia. According to Golitsyn, the short-term strategic objective of the Russians is to achieve a technological convergence with the West solely on Russian terms and mostly through the series of one-sided disarmament agreements. According to Golitsyn, after the United States military is eliminated as a strategic threat to Russia, the long-range strategic Russian plan to pursue Lenin's goal of replacing the nation-states with a collectivist model, basically communist model, of regional governments as the stepping stone to global governance. In order to achieve their final goal, Golitsyn states that Russia, after lulling America to sleep, will join with China in order to attack the United States from both the outside and the inside, as he detailed that, quote, in each of the scissors strategies will play its part. Probably as the final stroke, the scissors blades will close. I, 
evidently on America, the element of apparent duality in Soviet and Chinese policies will disappear, meaning they'll become buddies. The hitherto concealed coordination between them will become visible and predominant. The Soviets and the Chinese will be officially reconciled, thus the scissors strategy will develop uh, logically into a strategy of a one-clenched one one fist to provide the foundation and driving force of a world communist federation long before the communist strategist might be persuaded that the balance had swung irreversibly in their favor. In that event, they might well decide on a Sino-Soviet reconciliation. The scissors strategy would give away to the strategy of the one-clenched fist. The enemies now are gathered from within. At that point, the shift in the political and the military balance will be in plain sight for all to see. I submit that the free trade agreements and the 300 senior command military officers fired by Obama stand as proof of these strategies, and we documented that a lot when that happened. And then also, if they do activate the red and the blue list, what I've seen is that the primary they're, they're going to use primarily Russian, the Russian foreign troop assets and the Chinese foreign troop assets, and then these other foreign troops from these other, oh, other countries that we've talked about in order to do the red and the blue list roundups because they're afraid that if they use american troops obviously they're not going to want to you know fire on their own populace whereas russian and chinese will have no problem doing that so if they're already on their soul if they've already acclimated if they've already blended in if they're already they've been here waiting to do this for decades a lot of them then they're gonna you know they're chomping at the bit to do this plus they've been promised as i talked about in a recent study that when the red and the blue lists are activated and they do the roundups, they guess what? They keep to keep the spoils. So this is another incentive for them, knowing that they may be facing a whole lot of bullets flying back at them. This is another incentive program for the Russians and the Chinese when they go in, you know, to pull people out of their houses that, yeah, okay, you're going to, you know, a lot of you may die, but you're going to get to keep the spoils of whatever you find in these given houses at least that's what they've been told i'm not saying that's going to actually even end up happening but um that's what they have been told and then there's been a lot of people that have overheard them in like gun shops and things of this nature i talked about this in a recent study where there were russian guys in there speaking russian and a guy understood their language and and one of the russians said the other guy's like oh look at all of this bounty and there's all these guns and all these things and he's like don't worry comrade soon enough it will all be yours you know one of those things but he was saying it in the language he didn't think anybody understood him you know that's what they've been told so they 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 have a lot of different motivations not only hatred of america but also you know the the carrot the, the all of the the booty and the bounty and whatever they've been promised they're gonna get to keep here um uh, Conclusion, many have downplayed the presence of the 25,000 Chinese spies on our soil. I do not want to be offensive, but this ignorance is why we, have, why we have lost our country. This article was merely the tip of the iceberg. Suffice it to say, for now, America is already being conquered, not only by the deep state serving politicians. And again, they're, they're all complicit in this. They want this to happen. The people in the highest levels of, of government want this. Okay, um, But by the implanting of foreign assets in our country and what that mean us harm you know so we have that now i'm going to go ahead because we're going to shift gears here i'm going to go ahead and, and end part one here and we will go to part two next and we're going to be talking about the same kind of stuff but we're going to shift into um, some other different related subjects okay god bless you and we will see you in part two